Good morning, everybody. It's still morning here in the East Coast. Still morning everywhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Security Squawk Podcast. I don't know what episode number this is. We're getting close to 50-something, though. Uh, I know it's been close to a year. We're very excited about it. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, password managers. We <clears throat> kind of harp on this show all the time about better password hygiene and one of the ways you can protect yourself. And I think that, that this idea was born out of one of our previous podcasts where we kind of said, you know, like we're harping on using password managers and better hygiene, but what does that really mean? Uh, so today's podcast is really dedicated to that, educating you on password managers. We're going to look at why, why we need them, why they're important in uh, the tool chest for protecting yourself from cyber criminals and we're going to go through like five or six uh, different um, products that are out there that you can use either personally or in your business. And we'll uh, go through the differences and we'll see how different these uh, software products really are and uh, maybe decide which ones are best or maybe give you some information on which ones are best for you. So password managers, guys. Um Let's get right into it. Uh, we got some statistics first that we want to kind of bring up and show some people um, about password managers, why they're important. Uh, where is that one at? There it is. Okay. There we go. So, Andre, what are some uh, statistics that jump out at you from this uh, article that we have where um, – save your data with these empowering password statistics from data port. Well, the, the one for me is that password, the, the password one, two, three, four, five, six is still being used by 23 million account holders. <laughs> that, that, that for me is still just amazing that, and I'm sure that also is QWERTY -E is on the list and things like that. I'm still amazed that people, well, at first programs and services still allow that, and then B, um, people still use it. Hey, what's up? You gotta pick me up, Randy. I had <laughs> okay. I was just gonna say this whole this whole uh, thing in in general. I think we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and these statistics in this link are uh, are crazy. But we looked at like the top like 20 most used passwords. Um, and, you know, actually uh, my nephew and I were trying to pick a lock this weekend. Um, it was a combination lock. It was actually one, two, three. It was set to one, two, three. He got in it in like five minutes. Um, don't ever do your password as one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, those are still very common. We got to move um, away from that. I agree 100%. Nice one. So um, I don't know. One of the things that I always constantly hear about from people is, um, number one, that they're, they're still really using that same password or a variation of it. Um, and that's one question that I get asked all the time is like, you know, <clears throat> what if they get into the password manager? Um, and I, I, that's, I guess I want to address that before we dive into the different products. Um, most of the ones that we're going to review today, most of the ones that I'm aware of, uh, nobody can see your passwords because they're encrypted. And unless, uh, they're basically, you got to have two keys to unlock that encryption. 
Uh, and the only real way, logically, uh, unless somehow a hacker can get that second key and every customer has a different key, so they'd really be only able to get one key for one account and see it. There's no master key that will unlock this for so they can see every customer of LastPass, you know, the, all their passwords. So every uh, client has a unique key to them. So it eliminates that mass kind of like we figured out how to crack crack the code over at LastPass. Now we have everybody's password. Um, so a lot of these tools are the only way they're going to get to your password is if they can get your master password or somehow unencrypt your passwords. Um, and that's how it works. I think a lot of people have the, um, have the uh, thought in their head that these 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 tools uh, where you store your passwords up in the cloud can, uh, uh, you know, maybe somebody on the back end could see your passwords or something like that. And that's that's not the case. So you guys ready to dive into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So first one we're going to pull up here is uh, a company called Bitwarden. And we're going to look at today all the we're going to look at all the business uh, plans. Now, they all, most of these all have personal plans, as you'll see. Um, but for today's discussion, we're going to kind of dive into what these features are uh, for each one. So we'll probably spend a little bit more time on Bitwarden than we do the rest of them, just because we're going to explain each of these features in detail. Um, but as you can see, the cost from a per user per month standpoint is is fairly low in my opinion uh, somewhere between three and five dollars a month based on the features you need um, you know to protect your data and to make sure that you're using good password hygiene I feel like for most businesses this is fairly affordable right you guys agree with that so we're in agreement with the pricing uh, for Bitwarden now we got for the team's organization, we got share private data safely with coworkers across departments or the entire company. So help people understand what, what that means. Like give us kind of like real world examples of what this actually means, like sharing data uh, safely with coworkers across departments. Like what data am I sharing? So a lot of times uh, companies have, what we call share accounts. Um, for example, which I actually don't recommend that you have uh, shared logins, but for example, there may be an officedepot.com type of uh, login that you have and to buy the office supplies, everybody just uses that. So instead of uh, having a Excel spreadsheet that someone would go to like a shared file and everybody gets the Office Depot uh, website, you can actually um, put the password in there and then from there, everybody can go in and get the password that way. Or um, not to go too technical, there's also sometimes um, shared API keys that you have and just different uh, sensitive information that maybe a small department organization needs to be able to access to. And maybe that password changes often. So it's one place everybody can go to to get that, that the, the latest password. Yeah, just to you know dovetail off of that. So like sometimes... Um, like some accounts you need to have separate users for everything, especially the things that are more, more critical, more mission critical, more sensitive. But like, but like Andre said, there's going to be times like with 
maybe an Office Depot account or something like that. In those cases, you need a way to share stuff securely. Um, and the great thing about being able to do this is you can usually, in a lot of these, you can set up like a folder. And if there are like certain accounts that you want an entire team to be able to use, you can just throw it into the folder, share access with that team, or maybe you share it individually. Um, but bottom line is it's a, it's a million times more secure than a spreadsheet. And so, yeah, we want to keep all the accounts separate, but I like to look at all of this from a progress, you know, a progress view. We started at the zero goal line, which is, you know, on our own side, which is, you know, we've got a spreadsheet that we're sharing in OneDrive and, you know, getting to where we're moving some of those logins to, or all of them to a Bitwarden, even if we're still sharing, um, bottom, bottom line is we've gone way down the field by, by, by doing that. And then you'll find this, I'm speaking out of your average business owner, you're going to find as you start using these, there's a lot of things that you actually share um, un, unsecurely, um, if that's even a word, insecurely, that you can actually use your company-wide password sharer to share things in a secure in a secure way, like for instance, API keys, but there's other things um, also. So you got me started, sorry. Good job. No, you did a good job there. So I don't have to talk much, which is, I like that. So let's slide over to this uh, $5 option, right? We can upgrade for some advanced functionalities, including enterprise policies. Let's just stop right there. What What is that? Help me understand what, what an enterprise policy is and how does that help me? Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, for example, uh, you may want to have a rule that passwords have to be one uppercase, one lowercase, and one number. It can't just be one, two, three, four, five, six, for example. Um, there could be something where uh, a password uh, has to be a certain length. So there's all these different type of uh, policies that you may want to put within your company to just ensure that your, um, your, your employees are following. Yeah, my, my two most favorite are going to be um, one where you can prevent users from exporting their passwords um, because you wouldn't want a that's insecure because they do it to an Excel sheet on their an Excel sheet on their own computer. Also, maybe it's a disgruntled employee that's thinking about leaving. You know, they want to export all the passwords. You can stop that. Um, another one that I really like is you can you can prevent employees from sharing outside of the company. So they you know they. They can't do the Excel export, so maybe maybe they might think they want to share with their personal Yahoo account or something like that, you know. Um, but bottom line, um, those are two of my favorite policies. But stuff like that, and what Andre said. Good stuff. So the next thing, and I agree with all that, um, and it's an easy way for what your IT to manage this stuff, you know, centrally. So. Um, you don't have to go to each individual computer and manage these because that's the big difference in my mind when I see that is with the first one, you're going to be able to manage the device from one computer, so to speak, where you're going to be able to apply changes and you're going to be able to enforce things mm -hmm. uh, through a central location and deploy mm -hmm. that out to all your computers, all your endpoints uh, with this feature, which is why it's a little bit more expensive. Uh, so SSO integration, Randy, what's SSO integration? Why do I want that? Well, I mean, SSO stands for single sign-on. 
And basically, you, you can integrate it with like your 365. I don't know their specific list of what they do, but usually it's like 365, um, Duo. There's a few other identif uh, uh, identification services. But, but basically, once you're signed into 365, then you're also authenticated into your uh, Bitwarden login. Randy, anything you want to add? Or uh, Andre, anything you want to add? Another thing, um, share private data safely with coworkers. The one thing I'm thinking also is just your Wi-Fi code. You just, you know, you don't want to put the Wi-Fi code in the in the um, in the break room or something. You want to put it where everybody can securely access it when they need it. Yeah, and that's a great point. And then going back to this whole idea of zero trust. So, like Tech Rescue has employees that never ever come into our office, and so there's no need to share the Wi-Fi with them. You know what I mean? Um, but 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 employees that do come into the office, yeah, we want to share with them. And we actually have two different Wi-Fi's. We have one that the techs use that's an internal one and then one that's more like a guest. Um, so, yeah, good point. And then I would I would just want to add. So Bitwarden um, has a free uh, free version. They're one of the last ones to still have a really good free version for personal use. Um, these guys are open source. Um it's a pretty decent interface if you're doing your, your IT in-house at your business and you're going to manage it yourself. Um, they still have a ways to go to be able to let your IT company manage it, but they are working on that. I've actually had several calls with, uh, with executives uh, in at Bitwarden on that. Um, bottom line, it's a great, it's a great product, and in my mind, it's one of the best out there. Okay, we'll review the other ones first before we come to that conclusion. That's my mind. All right, this other feature here, admin password reset. That sounds pretty cool. What is that? Wow. So um, one of the things that you want your password keeper to have is what's called zero knowledge. And that means that no matter what happens, if you lose your password, you can't call in to like the last pass, you know, or Bitwarden helpline and, you know, they can like reset it for you. Um, so you always want that. So this particular feature, it, it keeps the company of Bitwarden from having that ability, but it gives admins in your team. Um, this is a great, potentially great, potentially misused, but it's a great feature because if, you know, you know, somebody over in your HR department loses their password, you can reset it and they don't have to start from scratch. Some of these some of these ones we're going to keep we're going to look at um, like if they lose their password, you got to delete them and then re add them and start all over because it's literally zero knowledge. So it's a good feature. Thank you for that, Randy. Very detailed. Sorry. So let's, let's jump into this. <laughs> Core features included with every Bitwarden account. Uh, I guess I'll just read through these and then maybe we can pick out two or three to talk about that you guys think are important. So um, <clears throat> with Bitwarden, it's open source, which that may that may be a feature to some people. Uh, zero knowledge encryption. I think that's what Randy just touched on a little bit. Unlimited devices and syncing, unlimited device types, browser, mobile, desktop apps, unlimited vault items. I can store my notes, my credit cards, and, and some identities in there if I have multiple identities, I guess. 
Um, and what that simply means, I'm not trying to be funny. Like I have a work identity and I have a home identity mm-hmm. that has my, you know, my home address, my, yep. my more personal yep. information. And then yep. my work address and yada, yada, <clears throat> uh, Bitwarden send, uh, secure password generator, which is huge. I think, you know, that's basic in every one we're going to review probably, but something that's probably underused, um, whether you have this password software or not. Basic two-step login, free cloud hosting, and encrypted export. So let's just stop right there. Any any of these features, uh, Andre, stick out to you that you want to talk about, either from uh, this is something different about this product that you're aware of or something that maybe um, you know, is important to you? Yeah, I actually really like the Bitwarden Send feature. Um, it allows your employees essentially to uh, transmit text or files, including passwords, billing credentials, or business documents fully encrypted, all within the app. So that is a lot of times, uh, maybe you are working with an accountant, they need your particular login for your QuickBooks or your, you know, your accounting software because they need to be able to do something or whatever the case is. And um, you never want to send that via email, but with their bits, uh, bit, uh, send feature, Bitwarden send feature, you can securely send it to somebody and have an expiration date where uh, they click on that link after a certain time, the link will no longer work. Or they can only view the password one time and then after that, the link no longer works. The, that, that, that's, a, that's a really good feature and not not all of them are going to have, have it fully developed. There usually is a way to share. Um, that's a great feature. And then also the... The couple other things that are going to really set this apart. One is the open source. Like you said, um, Brian, to some people, that's a feature. To some people, that's a vulnerability. Um, But they also have had public. They do. I think it's an annual public review, not public review, but they get an outside auditor or something like that. Um, But you're not most of your password keepers aren't going to be open source. Um, So that would be another thing that kind of sets this apart. A lot of these are going to be things like you really need to look for and make sure you get um, on any password keeper that you use. Love it. So I like the fact, number one, that they offer this on obviously multiple devices because that's one of the big things. If you're going to switch to a password manager and you're somebody who's never used one before, it's great to have it integrated with your browser. It's great to have it on your computer, but what if you need a password and you don't have that computer turned on or you're not in front of it, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these have mobile apps where you can easily just authenticate with it and look up your passwords. I use my password manager's mobile app probably more than, you know, I use my computer's because, you know, if I'm somewhere and I need to log into something, I don't remember I don't know any of my passwords to log into any website. So, that's the trade-off, right? But that's security. When you don't know the password to log into Facebook or your or your bank account, or you know, in my case, the software that we use in my business, right? I don't know the passwords to those because they're in my password manager, um, and we have a process for making sure that those remain secure. Whether we rotate them in and out over you know periodically, um, there's all different things, but. Um, the secure password generator is, you know, my thing. It's like, that's the thing you're going to use the most because every time you need to create or change a password, you're going to be running to that feature in, in the tool 
Mm -hmm. uh, and you can just you can set those to do whatever you want. You know, you can they can be 19 characters long. You could have special characters, upper, lower, numbers. Um, and with a click of a mouse, you can, you know, change those settings pretty simply uh, with a lot of these tools. Uh, because a lot of sites require different things. Some sites you can't use special characters. So, you know, you got to turn toggle that off and then, you know, create that password. Um, but you want to be making sure that it's unique and different for every site that you log in. And that's that's the basic uh, fundamental purpose of using these password managers. It makes no sense. And I'm just going to say it. It's, I'm going to state the obvious to use a password manager and still like just store the same password you've right. Ever and ever and ever, um, which I've seen. And the nice things about these tools is they will scan through all your accounts that are saved and say, hey, you're using the same password yep. on this site and that site. You know, you're using it 25 different times or 500 different times, however many times you're using it over. Uh, it will tell you, uh, which makes it easier for you to identify what sites you need to go through and, and change those passwords. Um, they sh they should tell you if it's breached also if it's oh, been yeah. leaked yeah, yeah. on to We're at the point uh, now where most of these guys can tell you if that password is on the dark web matched up with your email addresses that you use. Um, but the other thing is is uh, you know not only will it tell you the sites that you have the same password on, but it will also tell you you know, potentially how long that password's been out on the dark web and how long, you know, somebody could be trying to use that on you. Um, it gives you all kinds of good information, um, but they won't, it won't change your password automatically. It's something that these, these tools are not, I think LastPass tried to take a stab at that several years ago. It just doesn't work um, simply for the reason, because a lot of these websites change how their websites log in or the, or the, or, it might change from a technical standpoint or it might change like just the URL, the web, the web page, the URL that that address in the bar at the top that changes, um, you know, based on various things. The login page could change when you click submit, you know, where it goes could change. And these tools would have to keep up with all of that. And it's almost impossible. So you have to go through and manually, you know, go to the site and change these passwords. So when you first get a password manager, it may seem overwhelming, um, but it's the best thing you can do right now for your security. So um, so we're going to just real quick go through some core features. We have kind of already talked about these extra features uh, that we see here in the enterprise plan. I guess one of the things I see here is free family plan for users if you go enterprise, um, which Bitwarden and a lot of these products have a personal or, or family side of the software that's probably a little bit cheaper, maybe a little bit less featured from a business standpoint with syncing and audit auditing and things like that. It's more purely just like a password manager in that it allows you to manage your passwords and make sure you're using a different password manager. But a lot of these other features you don't get in the family plan, but it seems like you get a free one for, for every user, which is pretty cool. Um, and then the self-host option. I just want to talk about that real quick because what is that? And is that something that I need to be concerned with? Is that a feature benefit? What is that? So definitely for the enterprise. And it's essentially instead of having Bitwarden uh, hosted on their servers, you're going to be hosting it either locally in your office or at some type of, um, um, some type of virtual center. 
that's uh, good and bad because mm -hmm. we've seen with, um, what was it, Kaseya, where we had Kaseya's IT remote tool and a lot of people that were having the self-host option because of um, certain vulnerabilities and updates and et cetera like that, they were the ones that got attacked and not the one that was on their Kaseya cloud server. So um, there could be reasons why enterprises want to do that. Um, a lot of times it's because of integrations with other applications, but that is also a little more riskier as well, hosting yourself, in my opinion. You may have like a compliance issue also where you need to have 100% like U.S. web-based. Um, mm -hmm. Isn't that, is that still a thing, Brian? Because I've heard that before mm -hmm. people bring up that that's why they have to host um, mm -hmm. because of compliance issues. Yeah, I mean, it comes it comes into play a lot with compliance because depending on what compliance you have, um, you know, like we have some clients that have compliance where we can't like identify the street address for the data center, then we can't use that service, right? And a lot of like Amazon, you're not getting a street address. So if you're in AWS, um, you know, sometimes depending on the compliance needs, if we can't get a physical address location of where your server is, we can't use that particular service. Um, so those things do come into play. Um, and I would only think that you would self-host for that reason, Randy, is for because compliance. Because right. whatever, whatever Bitwarden is providing for hosting just doesn't fit your compliance. Don't do this option if you're just thinking, well, I'd rather have it in my house than their house. That way, exactly. you know, if they get breached, I won't be affected, right? I'm going to say unless you have the kind of money behind you that Bitwarden has, I wouldn't have that kind of thinking. If you're a smaller company, you're more likely to get hacked than Bitwarden. So, you know, just don't think, you know, you can do this cheaper. It'll, it'll save you a buck. Um, the only other side of this I can see is an enterprise side where you might have 10, 20, 50,000 employees and Bitwarden might not want to take that on. So they might tell you like, you gotta, you gotta spin that up in your own, in your own data center. That might also come into play. Um, but the only reason I would do it is, is if I had compliance reasons to do it. Otherwise I'm, I'm letting Bitwarden handle that. Because um, you're talking about things, you're getting into, if you really want to do it right with the security, you're going to have guards, right? Human beings that are protecting that infrastructure um, that I'm sure Bitwarden already has are probably SOC 2 compliant. Um, and if you're not SOC 2 compliant, it's going to be well worth it for you to, to just keep it here than to try to do this stuff yourself. So yep. um, anything else, premium features you guys want to talk about? This looks all fairly standard um, text and files, you know, enhanced two-step login with YubiKey, Fido2, and Duo. I like the Duo one. Uh, encrypted file attachments, meaning you can send file attachments encrypted probably through the cloud. Um, Bitwarden Authenticator, Vault Health Reports, that's what we were talking about earlier. They're going to tell you what your password health is. Um, personal emergency access and priority support. What's personal emergency access? I have no idea. You have any idea, Randy? Um, I don't off the top of my head. I thought I, I think there's something like that in LastPass. I'm not sure exactly um, what that is. Okay. Maybe we can figure it out and report back. Did, so, 
Andre, do you have any idea what it is? I would just imagine you're locked out and you don't have your phone on you for the two-factor or something like that. A, a way you can reach Bitwarden so that they can give you access is what I would think. Got it. I mean, I don't know how that's going to happen because they technically don't have it. So we're going to move on here. Um, last pass is the next guy up on the stage. Let's bring their website up with their features. Here we go. So we got we got single user and family. Last pass. Uh, I don't know. To me, that that's kind of like. Would you guys say this is the most popular kid right now in school, or no? They market the best. What's that? They market the best. Okay. And they've been around. Um, I mean, this has been around for so long before it was even owned by Log Me In. It was a it was a good choice back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, this is a good solid choice. It's been around for a long time, and probably so, the biggest player in the market. So we got. Obviously, the single users and families tab, we're going to lay off that for now and talk about the business plans like we did with with, uh, Bitwarden. And then we have a teams and a business plan. So the pricing right around the same. Uh, They're about a dollar higher per month uh, per user, $4.06. And it looks like similar types of features are included with the business plan. Talking about single sign-on, multi-factor, um, and I guess you—they have these add-ons. And with the basic plan, you can't use the add-ons. Um, but everybody gets a vault for every user, shared folders, two-factor authentication, zero-knowledge security model, security dashboard, and dark web monitoring. So. Um, Let's just roll down here a little bit and take a look at all the features. Those last two you mentioned um, are, I think, are going to kind of set this apart because I didn't hear dark web monitoring at all mentioned with Bitwarden. Um, Correct. Which that's just to see if your passwords are leaked out there, which that ought to be in there. But but the other thing that's kind of cool that I don't know if Bitwarden has, but this uh, security dashboard, just bringing it all together into one place is really helpful for your average user because they can go there and start looking at all the things that need to be fixed. Just see it in one dashboard. Yeah, I don't know what their vault health report includes over at Bitwarden, but it's possible that that, you know, is part of the dark web, you know. Right. So I into this. And uh, so price, we already talked about, number of users, the business plan's unlimited, teams is for 50 or under. So if you're over 50 employees, you're, you're automatically going into the business plan. Uh, and then we talk about these add-ons. So you don't get the add-ons with the team's plan. Uh, you get the single sign-on multi-factor authentication, right? So hold on one second. Help me understand the difference between SSO and FFA real, MFA real quick. Um, I thought they were kind of the same, but I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm playing somebody who doesn't know. But um, Andre, what's SSO and MFA? What's the difference real quick? So as Randy mentioned, the single SSO is a single sign-on. So for example, you're trying to go to a website because and you can use your Office 365 uh, to log in. Uh, so it, it basically integrates with, with Office 365 as an example. The MF and then the MFA is what we've always talked about, multi-factor, where after you log in, it acts for that, you know, six-digit code reoccurring number. So I- 
SSO is a kind of a way to automate MFA if, if the integration exists. You know, as, as time goes on here, more sites, more things are going to be compatible with SSO. So it's going to be easier for you to log in one time and stay logged in for a period of time. So you don't have to keep grabbing your phone every time you log into different sites and, and putting in a different code for, you know, and having different codes for different yeah. sites. The downside is, though, if they get into your 365, they get into all the things that you have yeah. uh, using SSO with. And if you Correct. have passwords you're reusing, I mean, they're going to get into that stuff quicker than you can spell your name out backwards. I just made that up. To an extent, I mean, there is like device trusting going on <laughs> when you log in and stuff like that. So when a new device comes in, it doesn't have carte blanche to go across the board. It's going to, you know, some of those sites are going to catch that it's a new device and ask you to authenticate again through MFA. So, you know, it, 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 it it's a more challenging thing, but I, I, F, SSO, I agree long-term SSO is the way we need to go though, because grabbing your phone every time you need to log into somewhere to get a six digit code is right. Not very efficient. And, and if it's not efficient, you're going to discourage users from using it is the bottom line. So right. and at the end of the day, we'll get there. So, so both you both groups get admin uh, console, but then this here's where we separate uh, between the two plans over at LastPass: customizable user management groups, security policies. You get over a hundred versus ten. Uh, you're going to get an adoption dashboard, some reporting that's going to show you how your team's adopting everything. Uh, the rest of the stuff under password management looks like it's the same. And then some integrations. This is where it's really going to separate as well. We got a federated login, API access, directory integrations. Um, and then down under multi-factor, a lot of different features under multi-factor. Um, so something I want to talk about um, real quick. Uh, MFA for the password ball authentication for cloud and SSO app. So there's a lot of things you get under this business plan for $2 extra a month per employee um, that you don't get with, with the team's plan, right? Uh, that's evident. Like it's almost a no brainer just to get the business plan in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, do you guys agree with that based on what you're seeing here? I mean, yeah, what I what I really liked is the advanced reporting because I don't know for you guys, but how many uh, when you do these password manager implementations and you know you do a rollout and then three months later you can run a report to see who's been using it and then from there you can kind of say okay these guys for sure are still storing their passwords on their computers or using Chrome mm -hmm. or whatever so that has been helpful for us to kind of um, figure out who's not been using it and go back to them and say, look, you haven't logged in two weeks. There's no way, you know, um, you're using yeah. it. Yeah, so, you're, you're, uh, the price is, you know, you're, you are looking at, so six bucks plus if you got the SSO, I think that adds on a couple of bucks. Um, right. But just think about that for a second, $8, what you pay an employee, I mean, you're it's gonna nine dollars a month if you go everything. Yeah, and you're gonna earn your business is gonna save that by just not having the employee have to get out their phone and look up a code every single stinking time. I mean, that's 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 a good point. Um, the integration, the but just to be fair, the integration with SSO is not there across the board. So 
it really just depends on all the different sites you log into whether SSO is an option. Right. They might just have MFA through an authenticator app or through a text message with, and they don't have integration for SSO yet. So there's two sides of the coin. You get it right. here, but if the other side, if the thing you're logging into doesn't support SSO, it's a, it's, it is a moot point. And I, I, I don't think we're there yet with adoption, right? Maybe 25%, you know, of the sites you use will have this, the other right. 75% won't. So LastPass says they support about 1200 sites. With this Which is nothing when there's billions of sites on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the other thing, um, you know, I think in, in a year or two, this conversation will be much different. I think SSO will or something similar to it will be adopted across the board. Um, don't know if the blockchain is going to come into play around this stuff. I think it will. Um, but let's just jump down to this real quick because we're getting almost 40 minutes into the show. And we got four others to kind of cover real quick. Let's just talk about, I get this question a lot and I want to talk about it briefly. This VPN protection that these companies have and think about Nord and we're going to look at Nord Pass in a minute and Nord VPN. I get a lot of people that come to me and I've talked about this before um, that ask me like, hey, I bought the VPN. I bought Nord VPN and that's supposed to keep me secure. What are your guys' thoughts on these vpn products that are not and that's the other piece of it too is like the vpn that we use in businesses to connect people at home to their office is not that that is not the same type of vpn as what this is and mm -hmm. and that's what we want people to be aware of mm -hmm. the vpn you can't buy this vpn right here and then go connect to your office at home that that's not mm -hmm. what this is for there's a difference when you want to connect at home, you need to have IT people set up certain things that allow you to, to dial in and connect to that network. That is also a VPN, but it is not the same as this type of VPN. So mm -hmm. um, why don't you just take the, take the ball with this and, and explain what this is and what you, what, what you feel about these things. I don't know enough about the specific feature that they're saying, because it just the explanation is add multi-factor authentication aka mfa to verify employee access to company via vpns so it looks like you can use this for access to your company vpn or your company vpn like you said that's when you're going to be dialing in back to your server in the office your remote worker working from home or whatever um, and you're connecting back to resources um, in the office um, the things like nord and things like that are you're connecting to their server and then they're giving you like, you know, like they can filter the Internet or they can, you know, kind of protect your connection where other people can't see it and things like that. So and you're right. And I missed that description there. I thought they were giving you like some kind of VPN protection like like Nord. Mm. Um, I guess the big thing here is, is what people need to know mm. from a technical standpoint whatever you're using for a VPN would need to integrate with LastPass, right? Mm -hmm. So it has to have that integration built into it because, and you know, your firewall vendor or whatever you're using for firewall, if it's software on a server, though they would have to have the feature built in to integrate with LastPass in order for this to work. Um, this isn't like, hey, I bought LastPass, now slap this on top of our, our VPN. If your VPN can't support support this, it won't work for you. 
you know, on the other side. So I just wanted people to be aware of that. But real quick, things like NordVPN, do they make people more secure in your opinion, Andre? So a lot of times when our customers ask about that, it's really, for me, it's more if, are you traveling? Are you on public Wi-Fi a lot? Or are you in your office all day and, and you're asking me about VPN? So I think it just depends on what the user, uh, what their role is in the company. Um, a lot of times I'll get the question for, for their personal, like, hey, should I have a VPN for my home and things like that? But um, typically, if you're going to use something like Nord, um, I would say, are you on a public Wi-Fi? Are you working out of coffee shops and airports and things like that, where that would definitely benefit you because you don't want to be on that Wi-Fi and then going on your, you know, your everyday websites and, and business. All right. So let's roll into one password now. So um, I think we can move through these next three or four pretty quickly because a lot of these are going to have a lot of the same features. Can uh, I add a quick comment real quick before we move on? Yeah. And then we have a question from uh, the audience. So uh, I want to throw that up before we move on to one password. So what's up, Randy? Go. Okay. So one of the integrations that I really like on LastPass uh -huh. is federated login. Okay, that's very similar to SSO, but what it means, SSO, you get your authentication of who you are, your identity through like 365. Federated login means that your password username part of that authentication is done through 365. And I'm not saying we should do all of it through 365, but bottom line, the LastPass people wouldn't have to, your employees wouldn't have to remember their password. They log into 365, and then that is verification of who they are, and that gives them login to, to LastPass. Pretty uh, intriguing uh, feature that could really save a lot of time, potentially. I'm going to throw a question up. It's a little technical um, from Steven, and he said, I had a question about cookies. What do you all think about taking advantage of login cookies to say signed into an account on a device? Is this a security risk if I were to lose the device? Is it better to always log out and clear cookies when I'm finished with a session? So I assume he means when I go to a website and it says save login, there's a little checkbox there. Um, or, you know, some websites will just do it to you automatically without even asking you. Um, but <clears throat> ideally is, is like you want to save that login session I know some websites only allow you to save maybe your username, but you still have to, you know, re-authenticate every time. Um, so let's talk about this a little bit uh, and what you guys think about kind of like, A, the cookie question, also talk about the trusted device, which can be done a little bit differently than cookies. When you say like, hey, trust this device and don't ask me to log into it. Facebook's very, um, very popular. That's a very popular feature with Facebook. Um, but what do you guys think about this? The cookies, I have a little bit of a different perspective, especially cause I, I, I used to be a web developer back in the day and I have a different perspective on how these cookies work and how they can be used, um, in an attack. So I'd like to hear what you guys think and then I'll kind of add in if I have to. So go ahead. Cookies on websites. So obviously, yes, people should be logging out, right? That's, that's yeah, that logout process. You not closing your browser. I guess people give people that awareness when you just click X out of your browser and you you know you log into your bank, right? And then let's just say your bank's using cookie sessions to you know see that you're logged in under that session still, um, and you click 
the X and you don't go to log out, right? Go to, to go to the menu at your bank and hit log out. The process of going to your menu and hitting log out basically tells the browser and your system, get rid of this cookie. When you exit out, uh, you hit X on the browser. It doesn't do that. So it leaves the cookie uh, on your system. It leaves it in place. So potentially if you go back to that website, it could potentially see you logged in still and it won't ask you to authenticate, right? And this is a very popular attack for cyber criminals. Um, so giving people that perspective, what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? I would say first off, if, there, if you have a way, um, you should encrypt your whole machine. Um, it's uh, included with Windows Pro. If you're on a Mac, it's automatically included. If uh, not automatically, but it's there, you can turn it on. Um, I believe a Chromebook uses it by default. Most phones these days use it by default. I mean, that just means if they get a hold of your device and don't have a login, they can't just like hook the drive up to some machine and automatically get your stuff off of there. Um, I would also say for employers, um, set your uh, services that you use, like your password keeper or cloud-based services you log in. Like we set ours for all cookies to expire and like four hours or an hour really depends on how critical that what that employee is using um, and how um, often they're going to be in there. You can set it for 15 minutes, um, which would drive people crazy, but you can still do that. Um, right. But most banks do, right? Most uh -huh. banks give you a time limit on how long that session will stay. That's like why you're, when you're on your bank or you're logged into, you know, your credit card account and you don't, you're sitting there and somebody comes in your office and you talk to them, you go back and you're either logged out or it says you're going to be logged out, you know, mm -hmm. in 10, nine, eight, and it's counting down. That's basically telling you we're going to expire the cookie or the session we dedicated to your machine. And that's a security feature, right? It's mm -hmm. like, we don't, we don't want anything bad happening here with these sessions that are trusted. And we, we keep a finite short period of time that you're going to be a trusted mm -hmm. session. Uh, you know, in the name of security. And that's kind of how all this this works. So going back to his question, is it better to always log out and clear the cookies when I'm finished with a session? And I guess I would answer that with it depends. Right? That's right. It, it depends on whether or not the bank or whoever you're logging into is doing what we mentioned. If they're clearing out those cookies uh, on their side. So, you know, this can't happen. Um, I'm going to say, yes, it's always better. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that have web servers and run websites understand this and do expire these things over a certain period of time. Um, but why put your security on somebody else, right? The best thing you can do to manage your own security and to make sure that you're doing everything you can to protect yourself would be to a go to the menu and log out. Just don't X out of your browser, <clears throat> and if you don't need to. Don't toggle that box to, to save your password. Um, if you use a password manager, there's really no need to toggle that on and, and save that because at the end of the day, it is being stored somewhere on your computer. Um, and you got to worry about how your browser, depending on which browser you're using, is storing that. And if maybe if I got a hold of your computer or your phone and, and was able to go through it and you didn't have encryption on like Randy recommended, could I figure something out about one of your accounts by, by doing this. Um, all definite possibilities. 
and it's why you want to, you know, not really check that box and why you want to always go to the menu and log out of your websites um, before you close out your browser. So anything you want to add to that, Andre? Yeah, a little off topic, but I had a, a, a something that I'm seeing more often, right? So we're talking about password managers and people using on the computers. But, you know, if you have an iPhone or Android, you're pretty spoiled with the either the, the fingerprint or the face ID where you're letting, you're not necessarily always using your password manager when you're on your phone. If you're going to go to your bank website, I see more and more people just trusting the face ID to log into the bank website. But then when they're using their computer, they rush to their password manager to copy and paste the password. So just curious to see what you guys uh, have to say about that. And um, if that's just going to be a matter of time where the banks just say, okay, well, we'll just use Face ID for computers as well and knock off the password manager itself. Or should we just not be using Face ID for these type of things too? Because how secure is the phone? I personally don't trust Face ID that much to where I would allow that to be a, a way that you can log in. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I just think that that can be manipulated right now too much. Uh, you know, you can manipulate fingerprint reading too. So, you know, I would always have that two-factor turned on and I wouldn't just use face recognition and things like that. Face recognition with two-factor, no different than password with two-factor. Yeah. On that one, so. it's fun. My son actually is able to use my face to get logged into my phone. Because exactly. he looks, yeah, he looks so much like me, right? It's not good enough yet, um, but you know, I think it will be eventually as as things get better, and you know. So we have another comment, but I don't know what that means, so I'm not going to put it up. Uh, one password. Let's see if we can knock these out in ten minutes. One password. We got business. We got personal and family. We're on the business tab. Let me flick it up on the screen here. Didn't realize I wasn't sharing. Sorry about that. There we go. So lots of stuff going on here. You got teams and business, right? Teams, uh, basically, you get 10 members for 20 bucks. So it breaks down to basically two bucks a user, which is pretty cheap. Uh, and then you got this business plan, and then you have an enterprise plan, which you can't see the pricing for. Um, so today we're just going to look at the teams and the business. Team seems very basic, gets you um, the basics, you know, better than nothing, I guess. Uh, we would look at that. Not on par with the, the lower level plans of the previous two that we looked at, in my opinion. Um, and then we go one password business. And uh, a lot of the things the same vaults, admin control, two factor authentication. Looks like they're two factor. They went with duo only for multi factor. Um, <clears throat> share sensitive information securely. And then I guess you get VIP support and a lot of other features here. Uh, five gigs of document storage. You get some guest accounts, uh, security controls. Uh, you get your family accounts, um, which is a $60 value per person, which we saw with, I guess that was uh, Bitwarden, um, activity log tracking. So anything here that you're seeing that stands out as a different or, or something that we didn't see with the other two guys, because I'm not seeing anything that stands out. Nope. 
Just um, their website is not as pretty as LastPass. They're using clip art for uh, for their website. They do have um, Active Directory uh, provisioning with Active Directory, um, Okta, and one login. That's the first time we've seen uh, all three of those mentioned. Correct. Yes. The other two look like it was just AD. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a nice feature if, if you use those, um, you know, those logins. So uh, anything else you want to talk about? Because I don't see anything here worth talking about. Seems like something people can look at and evaluate. I'm not a big fan of kind of this hidden pricing for enterprise. That doesn't make me feel great um, that I got to call somebody to get this information with others. I can see it right on their website. I don't know. How, that's that's probably just me, though. You guys might not have the same opinion. Um, well, I would just throw out there like I'm not super familiar with this from an enterprise or teams level. Um mm-hmm. These guys started as the first password keeper for Mac and Apple devices that really caught on. Um, so they're pretty good from a usability, usability, user friendliness standpoint. Um, but that's really all I really know um, about them. So um, good for them for uh, trying. All right, let's move on. So we got RoboForm up next. RoboForm is another password manager uh, flavor that people can use. Let's uh, let's jump into this guy. Now they have a personal and business. Um, their business one, we're going to look at that and kind of see what the differences are. Uh, the personal has a lot of the features, and we can jump over to those features in a second to kind of see the what the basics are with that tool on the personal side. Um, they're kind of giving you a lot of marketing here um, in, in the business features. Why? Uh, the experience. They got 20 years of experience, support, features, security, ease of use, licensing. Uh, and then we get into some benefits, saving, security, productivity, very high level, not the same stuff that we're seeing uh, on the other sites, which is interesting. Um they talk about their centralized management for business. So that's one feature. Um, but I think the other ones said that they all had that going down into security. You got your master password. Uh, you got encryption and sharing. So th- this is the first one that I've seen talk about their encryption. Um, all RoboForm data is encrypted at all stages using AES 256-bit encryption with uh, all that stuff right there that I'm not going to read through. Uh, Company-owned RoboForm data can be securely shared with other employees using a public-private key cryptography, which was what I was talking about at the top of the show. Um, This ensures your employees can only access RoboForm data assigned to them while using their own master password and with permission levels company admin set for them. Uh, This means that your employees don't ever need to know or see the actual passwords. And that's another thing and another way to look at this, guys, is like, from a company standpoint, you could have accounts with websites that your employees log into where you establish the usernames and passwords and your employees never know them. They just click a button, it logs them in, and they have no idea what that password is. Even they, if, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say they can turn on password saving in their browsers. So you share it. And they can't see it because it's automatic. But if they're saving it in the browser, then they would be able to go back and look at it. 
So we got reports and security audits, two-step verification, all stuff we've seen. So let's just dive into what you get between the two um, and go down the list. All these things seem to be things we've seen before. Uh, and then we got this centralized employee onboarding. Um, I guess that's... Uh, says company admins can create RoboFort for business accounts for all employees in minutes. Okay, so you can import things. So if, if you have a big company already, it'll make it easy to get everybody set up, right? So if you have a thousand employees, you can import it instead of creating these accounts one by one. Centralized policy, secure group sharing, role-based access permission, unlimited number of admins, two-factor, active directory integration, password audit, uh, advanced reporting, dedicated tech support. Looks pretty much the same uh let's jump over to pricing uh let's just go with the one year subscription it looks like they have a tiered plan here um one to ten users is going to cost you 40 bucks a user wow they are way significantly higher than everybody else that's per year though right oh, per user per year not per month oh because right. that's different okay right so 40 bucks per user per year per user breaks out to what about three dollars three four bucks per month yeah. uh, and this is this has got to be the personal right or my I'm in business no okay yeah. it's business okay um, and then it goes down from there right so you're under two bucks at over a hundred users not a bad deal in my opinion holy mm -hmm. gosh there's uh, a there's a couple of features I wanted to point out real quick about this one. Um, Where am I, under business features or personal and business? Um, they're under, yeah, business features. And it's really going to be – so RoboForm started way back in the day. Um, it was a way to save forms that you filled out. Um, in fact, I used it, you know, a little bit back in the day when I had, like, large things I had filled out that I was going to submit I could click mm -hmm. RoboForm to save it all in case the submit didn't go through. But the bottom line is they've been around a long, long time. And this, this feature of being able to save forms is really nice when you have websites that don't work well with password keepers. Like 20% or 10% of all websites, their login doesn't work well with certain password keepers and certain forms, certain features. It's great to be able to save a form um, then you can log into that site no matter what. LastPass also has that, that feature where you can save what's filled out on the page and it helps with these cranky websites that don't want to work uh, with these. So I think that's something to point out here uh, that's a good, uh, good feature that these guys have. Great point, Randy. I love it. So Andre, before we move on, do you have anything you want to add about RoboForm? Yes, two things that they um, they also say they do differently from the from the competitors is that they also log Windows applications. So, for example, if you have Skype or Outlook or something like that, that or QuickBooks that has a login, it'll track that for you. And I guess it integrates too. And then the second one is it tracks all of your favorite sites. So we're telling people not to use the Google Chrome login password manager. So as you go to towards your different devices all of your um, your favorite um, or bookmarks, if you want to call it, will be uh, able to access via their website. And then from there, you can then, um, you know, manage it that way as well. 
All right, so we got two more uh, I want to get through real quick. We're at we're right at 60 minutes. I'm okay with that because I don't have anywhere to go and this is I think we're covering a lot of good topics here. We have a we have a pretty good significant amount of viewers that are watching us live right now. Um so I got a feeling this is probably going to be a pretty good podcast download uh stat for us. Um we do have a question from uh, somebody who's watching us live right now. I'm going to save that for the end. I want to get through these last two, uh, and then we'll pull up our last question. We'll wrap up the show. So um, let me get off RoboForm, and then we're going to go up. We are going to do – who's next in my list? Uh, NordPass. NordPass is next in my list. So NordPass is owned by NordVPN. Um, which we kind of touched on a little bit with um, with their uh, with their VPN software and what v- the VPN did. Um, I do, I'm going to jump over. They do have a business and enterprise, um, but I hit a wall when I saw this because I don't think they have a whole lot of information under their business and enterprise. It's kind of like you got to book a demo. Um, You got self self checkout for 250 users. So under 250, here we go. Okay, so here's where we want to be. Got it. So they probably have tiered pricing. Uh, They don't lay it out like RoboForm. I'm sure if I change this to the max 250, the price didn't change. So it's 319 a month on a two year plan. One year plan, you get it for 383, and the price doubles if you go month to month. All right. So. Uh, I get nothing else but a checkout here, so I'm going to bounce back, and I'm going to. If you click, um, there's a drop down for business business that tells a few features over there. I'm just going to go to the features, and we'll, we'll blow through it. So, uh, password with one click login automatically. Easily import your passwords. I guess you can import them from if you have them saved in your browser which i don't know if we talked about that earlier shouldn't be doing that um access passwords from a browser sync passwords across all your devices web vault access uh, unlimited passwords notes secure credit cards personal information which is identities profiles Organize everything into folders. Um, you're going to check for leaked data, so dark web stuff. Uh, weak passwords, reuse passwords, old passwords. Uh, you can share passwords securely, obviously only with premium. Um, emergency access. You can provide family members or close friends with access to your passwords. Um, generate complex passwords, add an extra layer of security to your NordPass vault. Uh, your passwords are only yours. You can secure it biometrics. And if they talk about their encryption, they use a different algorithm known as XChaCha20. Um, anything standing out with Nord? They seem to have a lot of features. Let's jump over to pricing. Do you see anything on there about zero knowledge encryption? I don't, but I also don't know what that cha cha 20 is. So let's, uh, I would jump back and let's, there's probably somewhere in here. 
where does Nord pass? All your password, blah, 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 are information in the cloud so you don't lose access to them. Even if you lose a device that has the Nord pass application installed on it, however, it's important that Nord pass encrypts all your sensitive data before it is uploaded to the cloud. This ensures the complete security of all the data that you store in NordPass vault. I mean, I, unless you're not explicitly saying it, like they're, they're, I just see a lot of room for interpretation with how that. Right. <clears throat> right. Agree with that? Yeah. And what I haven't seen also is I haven't seen uh, policies. So from an organization, can you limit? your users from sharing outside of the organization? Can you limit them from exporting, you know, to a CSV file, basically to an Excel spreadsheet? Uh, so under the enterprise 24 single sign on user provisioning through active directory, face-to-face -face onboarding. What was your question? You were looking for what? Or here you go. Apply company wide settings right there. Okay. So they do have it. So I don't see anything that stands out with this particular product that we haven't talked about already. Um, but I do question the security. Like, you know, is it encrypted on their side of the house? Are they, you know, are they doing everything that they can do from an encryption standpoint to make sure that nobody can get to my passwords if yep. they have a breach on their side of the house? Yep. I don't know if I get a sense of that here. Mm -hmm. um, they need to be more explicit about it. I think they need to be more explicit because if I got to dig this much, I'm probably just going to go do business somewhere else. The pricing mm -hmm. seems to be all around the same. Um, but I, I'm definitely leaning towards one product more than anything else at this point. So let's, uh, let's jump into our last one here and uh, wrap up the review with a, Final product known as Dashlane. No, we skipped Keeper. Uh, did I skip Keeper? Isn't that? Oh like man, <laughs> I think so. We can do it. I don't care. Um, I don't think I. I thought I. I don't know if I had it up or not. But here's Dashlane uh, business, and we're gonna go right to features and set up a lot like RoboForm, very marketing. No chart right now. Um, U.S. patented archi security architecture. In interesting. Customizable policies, automated employee management, oversight. That's stuff we've seen before. We like to see that. Pick the plan that's right for your business. So we got team and business. They're doing it similar to the ones we saw earlier where they basically have two plans, like a lot like LastPass. Um, so you got a free one here, Randy. You like free, uh, free <laughs> Not necessarily, man. You get what you <laughs> pay for. So I'm with you. So their, uh, their free one is actually limited by what you can do with it, where the Bitwarden one is actually an unlimited free version. So, so anything here and what was the one you want me to do that you said I didn't do? Oh, um, I think we skipped uh keeper. It's in our list. Oh, uh, okay. One thing before you leave Dashlane. Um, I'm not leaving yet. Go ahead. I just want oh, to go ahead. Sure. Um, auto, they have this feature that's called automated employee management. It says rest assured that when an employee joins, you know that they have all the passwords they need to get started. And when they leave, they won't be taking any business passwords with them. So that kind of, it seems like there's going to be some type of wizard where you have that list of shared passwords. 
where you can easily just say, uh, apply it to this employee. And then when they log in for the first time, they have it. Got it. Yeah, I'm still looking for um, zero knowledge part. Um, and then from a business standpoint, do you have your ability to set policies? You do have policy management from a business standpoint, which is good. Um, U.S. patented security architecture. Um, I, I want more explanation on that because that. So I'm, just, be I'm just looking at their website and they're really pushing themselves as the best, um, that they're the most trustworthy. And it says Dashlane has never had a security breach in 10 plus years that we've been in business. Right. Dashlane is used by 18,000 companies and 14 million users who have given us 125,000 plus five-star reviews in the Apple store and Google play store. Um, none of those reasons. No, I'm not going to do buy this for any of those reasons. I don't care. You've been in business for 10 years. I don't care. You haven't had a breach yet. Cause it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, um, dash lane is used by 18,000 companies, 14 million users says who, um, and 125,000 five-star reviews when you have 14 million users doesn't sound like a lot to me. <laughs> this one does come with your uh, consumer VPN um, for the users to use. So, I'm not in love with this from a business standpoint. It might be good for a personal standpoint. Um, I think they have all the basics kind of nailed down, but I think they're missing a lot of features that the other ones have, um, especially from an enterprise standpoint. That's kind of my takeaway from from this looking at this website. So. Let's jump. Let's move into uh, to uh, Keeper, right? Keeper's the next one we want to do, right? Yeah, I think that's the last on the list. All right, let's let's roll on this one. So, give me a second to pull this up. Let's get their website going. Keeper Security. We're gonna jump right into business. Wow. So they got partner program with MSPs. They want government. They got enterprise. They got business. Um, let's go into business. Uh, keep it geared towards our small to medium-sized business audience. And they got a lot going on here, Randy. We got password management. We got dark map monitoring services, dark web scan, watch. You know, we got a demo. We got employee login stuff. They got stats here. 80, 81% of data breaches are due to weak password security. Um, the average cost of a data breach, $7 million. All stuff that we talk about all the time. Um, Keeper, we're, it looks like we're seven, uh, $375 per user per month billed annually. Um, looks like a lot of the same features we've already discussed. Enterprise level protection, hyper secure messaging. I haven't seen Keeper Chat. That's a feature we haven't seen with with anything. Um, let's talk about that for a second. Let's look around. World class support services, secure file store, monitoring, advanced reporting and alerts, compliance reporting. That might be a nice one too. Okay, so let's take a look at this. A lot of these features up here: zero trust and zero knowledge. They're hitting all the marks, Randy, with all the stuff that we've we've been asking about with the other ones. Private vaults for each employee. Seems like they got everything covered and then, then some with this keeper chat. 
um, with the ability to send encrypted messaging on every device and this compliance reporting, it's going to make it easier for, you know, your IT people to provide evidence and, and reporting to auditors when you're going through compliance and things like that. So I like it, um, especially the prices there. It's not significantly higher for these extra features. What do you guys think? I mean, they're really focusing on security. So um, that, you know, checks What do you think about this private chat? Like, do you think that's, would you pick this because of the private chat or the compliance reporting? Would you, would, would this be a differentiator for you? And look, with their enterprise level protection, their 2FA methods, they integrate with AD, Azure, single sign-on, SCIM, and robust, and they have robust reporting tools. None of the other ones are talking like that. Right. Yeah, the so the chat thing wouldn't necessarily be a a maker or a breaker for me. Um, why would you want that? I have Teams. I have, you know. Yeah, I mean, why why do we need to use Keeper? Because chat? I mean, so like that. Teams has your, you know, your you know all your stuff with Teams as far as you know it is Microsoft. They're into all your biz. Um, you know, all your data, all that stuff. I mean, I don't know exactly where they draw the line, but I know they're not like a zero knowledge of your data um, and of your your chats and this and stuff, this, this and that. So maybe there's a business. Um, I just know. noticed that these are recommended enhancements. These are not included. Um, I was going to say, like, if they're doing all this for 375, I'm, I got to yeah, take sure. um, so, so, yeah, I could see this being an add-on and being more secure. I don't know. The chat is 20 bucks. If I need to have this, I'm probably gonna use something that's already out there instead of, you know, buying this, right? right. Like, you know, Signal being one of them, right? Um, that this is, this would be a replacement for something like Signal. In my exactly. Opinion. I right. mean, I wouldn't, you know, necessarily, you know, trust either Signal or Telegram. I mean, I, they're great apps and they're fun to use, but I wouldn't necessarily trust them for your business data. You trust, I mean, would you trust this, number one? And the whole idea here is, is this would replace either Teams or would replace... Randy, move your phone away from your mic. So move, oh, move... My bad. Move, uh, or, or replace your text messaging. Right, right. right. So, that's that's the idea here. So, um, but these are add-ons. It's probably not included with the 375. So, kind of looking yes. at looking at what they offer in terms of the base plan here. It looks like it's all the same stuff that we see everywhere else. Um, you guys big, see anything that stands out? Yeah, you? the big difference I see is their basic two-factor authentication includes a uh, smartwatch and FIDO UTF. Um, so there's a, there's a little bit more on the basic authentication. Um, the other thing too that I'm reading here that the other ones aren't pointing out, I'm not saying they don't do this, but you can enforce compliance standards. So basically the policies and templates that you roll out through this tool, yes, you can say like, hey, we, we, have, we have HIPAA that we have to comply with. You yes. can roll out that policy to your entire team and based on that, you are basically now HIPAA compliant. Right. 
you know, your employees might have to do things to change, you know, their security posture, maybe change some passwords and stuff like that. But now um, how your employees are creating passwords, how they're logging into things and how they're sharing those passwords are now going to be in compliance with all these standards, which is nice that they, they do it kind of through these different lenses um, where it's probably easy out of the box to kind of grab that template and apply it where I don't know if it's that easy with these other tools because they don't really they don't really spell it out like they do here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, Keeper definitely understands the customer and, and they're targeting those different sections, knowing their pain points and knowing that, hey, we need to be GDPR compliant. Yep, we got this one. Pay here. Here you go. Cool. Yeah. Other the other thing I see that we haven't seen yet is Azure AD provisioning. So we've seen Active Directory. This one has LDAP sync, which is going to be you know right. um, other right. forms of local directory, another form of local directory, and then the right. Azure AD. That's the first time I've seen that. Right, right there. It's a recommended enhancement. Um, but it, but it is included in enterprise. So it's it not. is an enhan- enhancement. It's an enhancement. You're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. But it's included in their uh, cost for that or whatever. And no, then you I think, have to. I think, I think the three seventy five is all this stuff, and then you're gonna. This is an enhancement. You're gonna pay for extra for all this. Yeah, like the secure messaging is twenty dollars per user per year, for example. Right. So, all right, cool. So I think I have a couple ideas for uh, some ones that I like, like a one and two. Hmm. Um, that clearly stood out to me as kind of better than the other. Before we kind of share that with our audience, let's pull up uh, our friend Ruben. And he says, do you think a useful feature would be a password manager to notify you if your main master password has been breached to encrypt all passwords with no viewing access and the last login was not on a recognized known device? Uh, Um, So kind of, I'm trying to get where he, so... Like, I know with the password manager I use, if somebody tries to log into it, they're going to get two-factor. And then if they don't get the two-factor, I'm getting notified that somebody tried to log in and the two-factor was unsuccessful. Yeah, that, so this would be a notification for sure. So I would get – so I have that already in the password manager that I use. I don't, I'm assuming other ones have a similar feature. Um the other thing is, is that we monitor the dark web. So if my master password somehow lands in the dark web associated with my email address, then I know my master password's been been breached or, or you know, potentially somebody has it. Um, I think those two things are good enough right now. Like if you're monitoring the dark web and you have two-factor on your, on your password manager... I, you know, it's going to be really hard for somebody to get past those two things, especially if you're not using passwords that are already on the dark web. Right. Um, so all of them are going to make it where they're encrypted with no access on your machine. So they do have to download a right. blob, if you will. Um, right. Several of them will do a uh, hundred thousand iterations of encryption. So when you open up your app, it's going to unencrypt those and then only you can see it. But this, the idea, though, about notifying if your main password has been breached, most of these have a zero knowledge. So they would have to 
they would have to provide somehow a way for you to go enter that in manually because they're not allowed to see your password. So there, there should probably be another way for you to check if your main password has been uh, breached um, because they shouldn't be able to do that, really. Right. 100%. And that's what I mean. Like some personal responsibility here with you setting up a dark web monitoring service, whether that's through a credit uh, monitoring company like Experian, they all offer dark web monitoring to an extent. Um, but you should really be monitoring the dark web for any phone numbers that you use, any email addresses that you use, any home addresses or, or billing addresses that you might use. Um, these are all things you can do, quite frankly, through like Experian, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can go in, you can get credit monitoring and you can add dark web monitoring and you can put in all your email addresses, all your cell phone numbers, all phone numbers you use, any address that you live at that you're having mail sent to. And they will alert you when these things show up on the dark web. Um, and that's the best way to handle it. And if your master password ends up on the dark web one day, you know you're changing your master password. But with that, I change my master password pretty periodically, right? I change it up all the time, right? Even though I have two-factor on the back end, I'm constantly changing my master password because um, you just never know when somebody's going to get a hold of something or, or when, you know, or whatever. So, um, but if you have the two-factor turned on and you have some kind of alerting turned on that somebody's trying to knock on the door and get in, um, that's probably all you need. Um but I would not ever trust a device either on the flip side of that. If, if these things have things or it's like, hey, don't don't allow me to log in on this device, you know, make it a trusted device when you're dealing with a password manager, I would highly discourage that type of thing because you don't want somebody who's able to log into your Windows computer to then be able to log into everything beyond that point because you left this feature turned on. Um, and and some of them, you don't have the option. So like with LastPass, first time you log in to a new yep. device, it sends you an email. And then yep. LastPass, like behind the scenes, adds that device to their list of trusted devices. Um, and there's not really a way that I know of unless maybe you went in. There's maybe a setting. I don't know. But I don't know if there's a way to get rid of that. You can. I, I'm pretty sure with LastPass, you can log in the portal and get rid of the trusted devices. So. Yeah. What we do for our company, um, specifically internally as well, is we have our home office IP address mm -hmm. and then our office IP address. And those two IP there's a lot of them, but those two IP addresses per user are the only ones that you are allowed to uh, log into. So if one of my guys are working on the field, they have to first VPN into the office and then be able to access the password manager. Right. All right. Cool. So we're almost an hour and a half in. I think this is the longest show ever. Um, this is like a double duty show. So we don't have to do one next week, right? Right. Um, so you guys have any thoughts on your favorite password manager after going through this? I, I let's just say I didn't have too much of a change of heart, but I have put one above another in my mind. So um, Randy, any, any thoughts on after going through this? Have you, do yeah. You, so, still, is your favorite still your favorite? Um, Bitwarden and Keeper are still my two favorites. LastPass went way up on the list for me after we dug in because they're trying hard. For years, they didn't try hard. And then RoboForm, man, 20 years, they haven't had a breach. 
Those guys have been around forever. Um, they went on my, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're on my, uh, not favorite list, but a lot, a lot of respect uh, after all this for them. Andre. Keeper is my favorite. That's it? No, no one. It's Keeper and that's it. And then LastPass. I, I actually personally use LastPass in the past. So, I, okay, I, cool. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely a huge fan of Keeper now. Um, I think I, it's, it's for me, it's RoboForm and Keeper for a lot of the same reasons, RoboForm that Randy mentioned. Um, I've used them for a very, very long time. I still use them today. I don't care if anyone knows that. Good luck getting into my stuff. Um, you know, the, the reality of it is, is that I like Keeper security a lot better than RoboForm from a, from a business standpoint. Um, but if I didn't have a business, I would probably stick with RoboForm. Right. And that's kind of how I look at it. So um, if you own a business and you want to protect your people, I would invest in LastPass. But if you don't need to go that far, you're not a business owner. You just want to protect yourself. Um, I like RoboForm. Kind of LastPass is right there, too. But I like RoboForm a little bit better. They have some more features um, and things that you can do with it. And I think it's just a, a friendlier interface. And God knows if it's not a friendly interface, you're probably not going to use it. So they probably have the most diehard fans. RoboForm does. Good. So, all right, everyone. I hope you found this enlightening. Uh, please share this show if you want your friends and family to learn more about uh, password managers. We did a pretty deep dive in here and, and dissected what they do and what the features are and what they mean and you know what could benefit you and and what basically doesn't and what doesn't matter in terms of all this feature stuff and all the stuff that they throw at you on these websites. Uh, so we hope you found it informative. If you did, please share our show. That's the only fee that we ask for. Uh, just, you know, share us out from iTunes or wherever you listen to us or share out one of our live videos from social media. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere at this point. Uh, just share us out on your feed and let your friends and family know that this show exists and they can learn about password managers and other things that we talk about on Security Squawk Podcast. So we will see you guys next week. Take care, everyone. All right.